Welcome to the Behind the Geek Show. We are Sans Richard Sans, the one and only. The one and only. Mr. Pete himself. He's exactly. gone. <laughs> On this, holiday. This is kind of like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get when you watch this show. But yeah, welcome to the show. I just wanted to thank you. Those who are tuning in live, tell us where you're tuning in live from on in the chat. Uh, we always like to thank those folks who show up live uh, because guess what today's topic is? Live streaming. So Scott, and you and I are going to geek out for a bit on live streaming. But yeah, I figured, let me see if anybody's saying hi in the chat first. But yeah, we'll monitor that together since it's just the two of us today. So it sure uh, is. I, I, I love this as well because I looked at it and went, oh, there's only going to be two of us because Pete, we knew, was on holiday and Richard has just had to, to drop out last minute. So, and we were like, well, so we run the show with the two of us. I'm like, well, you know, I think we know a bit about live streaming. I mean, you've live streamed every week for, for at least two years now, I think it is. Almost, almost every yeah. week. But yeah, it's been crazy. So we'll say hi to a couple of people that have showed up. Uh, they got Louisa. Uh, so let's show her up on the screen. Welcome to the show, Louisa. Hopefully I got that pronounced correctly. Here's uh, Dolly. He, he says hello. I know he's been nice. uh, following a good bit. And let's see here, one more. So Richard Agde Agdiel. Oh, Adji. That's Ag Richard. I know Richard. Okay, he's good. A, awesome. He's an awesome guy. And then we got one more from Singapore, uh, Rajesh. Oh, nice. So sweet. So I guess we'll be testing a couple things over the last couple of weeks, the time of the day, the time of the show. So I always like to see which one works better, where we get audiences from. Uh, so this is going to be fun. Fun, fun, fun topic. So if you have questions, you're watching live, put those questions in the chat as we go, uh, because we're more than happy to answer anything, any questions at all that you have on live streaming, running an MSP. It doesn't have to be live streaming, but we're going to kind of focus this week's show on, on live streaming in particular. So, but yes, I've been, I started live streaming on April fool's day of 2020. <laughs> and it was crazy because we were two weeks after COVID hit. And I was, you know, one, I was bored. I'm like, okay, everybody else is at home too. So let's find something to do. Um, and it's, it was interesting, you know, kind of how that started. I think we had like 900 viewers on that first show, which was crazy to me. Whoa. Um, because it was like eight o'clock at night on April fool's day. I don't even remember what the topic was. I got to go back and, and find that original episode, but the audio was okay. Video was terrible. The tools that we're using now weren't really around. So there was a lot of things to learn and it was a learning curve. I'm, I'm an introvert. I don't know whether you are, uh, Scott. I am a 100% introvert. I, I am the same. I, I had this conversation with my team the other day, and they couldn't believe it because they're like, but you're, you're always on video and you're on stage. And I'm like, yes, but you have to understand, like, th there's actually a toll that I pay for that because if you, if you just put me in a room naturally, I will just want to just stay in the corner by myself. Like, my way of getting recharged is just in silence. Just by myself. Maybe I'll, you know, read something. I say read. I listen to audiobooks all the time. But it's just my way of recharging and getting energy back is just that silence and just being by myself. My wife, on the other hand, full extrovert. She gets she gets <laughs> so much energy just from being around people and talking all the time. And she's always on the phone and on WhatsApp and just chat, 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 chat. I'm like, I don't know how you do it. I I need that recharge time. And it was funny because, like I said, I had this conversation with my team and they were like, "Huh." 
we just kind of thought you were moody some days. And I'm like, no, if, when I come back in the office and I've been on these live events, I, I just need some recharge time. So I'm a bit quieter. But it's it's interesting how you can uh, kind of almost develop a, like an on on stage personality and, you know, an on live stream personality. People go, oh, wow, you're always so full of energy and excited. And I'm like, yeah, yeah no, that, that took work. <laughs> it yeah. took work to kind of be, you know, like this on camera, I guess. But how did, how did you find it, those those first few sessions? It was nerve wracking. My wife looked at me after like a first couple, cause she was the same way. She knows how I am. And she's like, I don't know how you do that. Like I, and I was, you know, but I went it with a different perspective. One, I wanted to help people. And that's real. Like I really, that was the only thing I concentrated on. I didn't necessarily worry so much about myself, but I was in the middle of a recession in 2008 with a four-year-old MSP and a four-year-old kid at home. <laughs> so, wow. I remember the, that feeling that I had in, during the recession of 2008. I was like, you know, holy crap, what am I going to do? And, yeah. and I remember how lonely that felt because Tech Tribe wasn't around. You know, a lot of the community wasn't around in those early days of an MSP. And I just remember thinking to myself, you know, I, I, need, to, I need to talk to other people. I need to communicate with other people and network with other people. And it was difficult to find people to network with. So I kind of, that was my goal when I started live streaming was I just wanted to be a conduit for other entrepreneurs to get online and we can talk, we can, we can talk about the things we're going through. And just, my goal was just to help people get through that tough time, especially in the early days of COVID. Um, but yeah, it was nerve wracking. I was like, okay, I wasn't good at it. I stumbled through the whole thing, but I kind of, I learned from others that were doing it too. I know. Pat Flynn was one that I learned a lot from. He went oh, live okay. every day for every day for 365 days straight. And so I tuned into his show. I watched what he was doing and I was like, okay, I like that. I like the community he's building. I like the fact that, okay, we're just going to get on there and talk about whatever. And I didn't really have a game plan and, but I would knew I wanted to do it. I, I only had the stones to go once a week and you know, I was just like, I don't know how, you know, and Pat even admits, you know, after 365 days, it, it was nerve wracking to him. Um, you know, he wasn't going at it with, for channel growth or to sell anything. It was, again, it was just a different approach and that really came across and it was, it was, it was very therapeutic for me at the same time. It was kind of cool because it, it did bring me out of my shell. It did force me to do things that I wasn't comfortable with, but I love the effect. I love that you and I are talking right now because of my live stream. Pete yeah. and I met because of my live stream. He was my first guest that I had on my show. Um, but it was, it, it was, I learned so much and in the process built community, and in the process, I've gotten business from it as a yeah. side effect. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, but how, how did you find those first few when you when you started live streaming? Oh, so the the funny thing now is that we we kind of look back and, and I, I look at this room of equipment that I have in front of me and this really fancy microphone and audio interface, the lighting and the camera. I've got an auto cue here, so I can look at you in the eye whilst we're having a conversation, not be doing this all the time. Yep. Like when we started, it was, it was, I'm not kidding. I had an ironing board, my laptop, 
and a Logitech webcam kind of balanced yep. on top. So just, just to kind of get it to kind of eye level so I could, you know, have the conversation with people. And you, you go through so many um, just, oh, just so much mental challenge going, I, I'm not the expert. I don't have all the answers. I, I'm not the right person to be doing this. There's people better than me who should be doing this. And you kind of put all those barriers in your way. And, and eventually you just have to go, I'm just going to try. I'm just going to go and you know what? I, I'm, I'm not the best at it. I don't have all the answers. I don't have the best equipment, but I want to help people. I genuinely want to put some, you know, some useful stuff out there that people will find helpful. And I think I've got some things to share. And you've almost, you've got to get over yourself, if I'm really honest, because I don't know how you got 900 people like on your first show, but like for our first, you know, live events, we were getting like two. And yeah. I was like, oh, thanks, mom. It's nice that you could come. <laughs> um, dad, great to see you. Um, but like you would get two people. And I think that's the whole thing when you start out in video is you you worry so much about what people are going to say, what they're going to think, the negativity that you're going to get back. And actually, the honest answer is you're not going to get any of that in the first few because people yep. aren't there. The audience isn't there that much yet. You're not famous. Yep, <laughs> you know. Exactly. Um, so it gives you a great opportunity to get in and what you, what I get energized by is, is that positivity that comes back. Because, oh, thanks. That was a great session. Oh my gosh. I learned so much. Hey, you said that one thing and it really resonated with me. And you're like, ah, oh, yes, that's, that's what I wanted. I just want, you know, if I could just help one person with one thing, that's what I wanted out of it. But it was, yeah, it was, it was pretty messy. It was pretty sticky. We didn't have all this great kit. It didn't sound good. It didn't look good, but yeah, we, we've learned a lot, I think in both our live events and like our, our YouTube and, and LinkedIn videos over the last two years. Um, and I got inspired by you, you know, genuinely watching your live shows, you would have like these graphics that come up at the bottom. You'd have cheer sound effects that come on when people join that you'd heard from before. There was, I was just like, wow, that is next level. Um, and that's before you're in your new studio that I know now, because I remember you gave us like a backstage view of here's how I'm doing everything. Here's the Macs I'm running on. Here's the cameras I've got set up everywhere. And I was like, this is gold. Like you, you actually did a whole episode of your show on just here's how I stream. And I was like, I learned so much yep. just from watching that. And then we we're like, right, let's, let's level this up. But in the same way, um, you know, we've, we've built great relationships with people. We've found customers and clients to work with because they've just seen us and heard us. And we've got so many of those hurdles out of the way of just being a, a faceless IT organization, right? Yeah. We've just, we've seen people just get attracted to us. And that's, that's so important because people buy from people they know, like, and trust. We talk about that all the time yep. in Tech Tribe, but it just gives you the opportunity to, to be in front of people. Um, and then like, we've even had people say, oh, you know, I, I, it's odd to get on a team's call with you because I've just watched your video for two hours. Like, oh, okay. I hear you in the car. Oh, cool. Okay. You know, on a podcast or something. And it's just so nice to now, you know, we're, we're almost getting people to know us, like us and getting all that out the way before we've even spoken to them. Yeah. That, that, that's an awesome point. Louisa agreed with, with you too about that personal connection that you make with people. Um, and it is amazing. It, it's amazing. Like my second show in, I, I don't even remember exactly what I said, but like I got two or three direct messages after the show was over and you know, it, that's, it was incredible that you could reach people at that level through just getting behind a crappy Logitech C920 <laughs> webcam and a blue Yeti microphone. And a, and a black wall behind me. That was it. 
and it, it just you know it, it, that gave me the motivation to go again. I'm like, okay, it's like golfing. I'm like, okay, I hit one good swing, you know, one good shot. Okay, I can really do this. And it was just like, <laughs> let's play one more hole, you know. But it was, you know, that's what energized me is getting those messages from behind the scenes where you're actually able to reach people at a completely different level. Um, and I think that is the power of live streaming in particular. So we'll kind of divide this up too, because I think we'll, we can talk a little bit about the tech. Um, we mm -hmm. can talk a little bit about the personal connection. Um, but you touched on it as well is that's MSPs are worried about getting into the video game. We'll talk about, you know, the things that keep people out of the game as well. Um, which one do you want to start with first? Um, because we got some stats that I want to show people too on why video needs to be in your marketing. So I, I would probably like to start with like barriers, why people don't yep. want to do this. Because I think when we go through those statistics, you're, you're going to look and go, okay, I keep putting these barriers in the way, but look at the opportunity. So yeah. I think let's let's look at those stats and let's let's talk about some of the common reasons why people, you know, keep themselves out of this. Perfect, yeah. So, and I think there's a few of them from just marketers at the end too, those barriers, why, pe why general marketers stay out. Um, but I think there's, you know, there's some specific to the MSP industry that we can talk about mm -hmm. as well. Um, but yeah, this, I'm going to post this in the chat real quick before I get going too far. Um, so that people can follow along. If you're wondering where we're posting this out to, um, I just posted that out. Uh, let's see here. Looks like it only went out to yep, uh, YouTube and Facebook. Um, uh, let's make sure, let me pop over to LinkedIn real quick and make sure that I put that in the chat. Okay. For our folks on LinkedIn. So I just put that in the chat. Um, if you want to follow along with Scott and I, uh, but I want to go through and talk about some of these stats first. Let's talk about the opportunity of video and online content consumption. This was last year. And I'm curious to see what this is this year. An average person spends a hundred minutes per day watching online video. I mean, that's crazy. That's two hours a day yeah. watching online video. Um, and that's just nuts to me. Um, you know, you think and, and I think that they're excluding like the Netflix kind of browsing from that. This is, you know, actual watching, I guess, marketing type content or YouTube type content, but they're not necessarily talking about like your Netflix and your Disney plus type streaming services here, are they? I don't believe so. I have to verify that. But yeah, this, I think it's just, um, in general, over social media platforms, because um, yeah. this is specifically, you know, talking about marketing. Um, and I love this. By 2022, 80% of the global Internet traffic will come from streaming videos and downloads. I mean, that's just that's nuts to me to think about. But then I examine my own habits over the last couple of years since COVID. I'm the same way. Like my primary channel for a large part of the first, especially the first part to the first year of COVID was YouTube. Like yeah. literally in the evening, that's what we would do is find stuff on YouTube. Um, yeah, because the normal stuff just was boring. Nobody was making new TV because of COVID. So I'm like, okay, let's find something else that we can watch. Um, but 
Do you know what the other good thing about YouTube I found is that like when you were thinking about, I want to do live streaming, I want to know what equipment I should have, I, I want to see people doing it well, YouTube was a great place to go and get inspiration for those things as well. And, and, and good and bad inspiration. You could see people and go, well, I, yeah, I don't want it to look or feel like that. Okay, so let's, let's try and do, do better than that. Let's go and you know, look at some other people. When we started out in video in general, we did a, a quick bit of research um, you know, around through the tech tribe, through LinkedIn, and we kind of built together a list of 10 MSPs in our you know, region, I guess, uh, who were doing video marketing. Just And, and we could barely find 10 at the time, right? right. But we found 10, and we went through and we watched pretty much all their videos. And we wanted to see, like, what are they doing? How are they doing it? How do we think we could improve on that? How could we put our spin on it? How do we get our message across in a good way and took the good and the bad from those? And, and that's where YouTube was really helpful for us, you know, at the start of this whole video thing. So again, I'd, I'd encourage people if you're thinking about getting into live streaming or, you know, your video, watch, you know, watch some of your competitors. Because I, I don't think yep. that we're as competitive as it used to be, like you said, back in 2008, where it's more of a supportive community these days, I think, especially, yep. you know, when we have great places like Tech Tribe. There's so many people you can get inspiration from that that's such a good resource now. Um, yep. And so I still watch that and I still get inspired by people. Great. Okay. How do we, how do we level up? But you've got, you've always got to start somewhere. And I yep. think when we think about those barriers, people are going to look at like the setups like you and I have here and just go, well, I don't, I don't have any of that stuff. I don't have any of this equipment. I, you know, I can't produce anything that looks as good as this. So why bother? It's, it's going to cost a fortune to get started and I don't know what I'm doing. Yep. But we, we all started somewhere. Like if we, we've all seen the, the YouTuber, uh, Marquez Brownlee, yep. uh, he's, uh, he's absolutely incredible. But if you go back and his first video is still on YouTube, you go back and look at it and it's just filmed with the webcam on his laptop. Yep. There's no there's no special lighting. There's no special effects. There's nothing. It's just him in front of a really, really old webcam. It's all blurry and fuzzy, but you, he just started. And now you know that guy makes, I assume, millions these days, um, but he has millions of followers. He has a whole you know digital media empire now that is born from, he just started somewhere and yeah. just kept getting better week after week. Yeah. And it's now I, I study YouTube. I, like I don't watch it just to be entertained. I study. Mm. And, and you know, when I watch a video, I study, okay, how did, how did they do that? What is the story that they're telling through that? How, how did I get emotionally attached to that video? Uh, so those are the things I look for now, but like you said, yeah, yeah you got to start somewhere, you know, and yeah, I look back at my first first video, man. I'm like that's terrible. Um, but that was the goal. My goal was to get one percent better. Yeah, that's it. Like I wasn't going for monumental change from week to week. It was just one percent better than last week. Yeah. What do I want to do a little bit different? So let's see here. Richard had a question. Let me go back and see here. Put that up on the screen. We'll answer those. Did you film in HD to start with? Um, and that was the that was the interesting. Like I 1080, I still record in 1080. Most of the streaming platforms will only do 1080. Uh, if you're doing recorded video, I think you do 4K. Uh, don't you? Uh, I know Pete promotes 4K. Um, but yeah, you do you do 4K, Scott? 
We we still just do 1080 um, yeah. HD just because of the the file sizes and the editing time. Um, yep. Because again, all, all of that stuff has an impact on how quickly you can edit things. So we have our um, we have our yep. digital marketer in house, and she does everything on like a, just on a Mac laptop, which Perfect. is perfectly fine. If you're doing things in 1080, you can chop and change and move files around really quickly. But 4K things start to get really big, <laughs> quite yeah. clunky. Yeah, you need a machine that can handle 4K editing. So so let's keep yeah. going on. Uh, great question. Thank you for submitting that, Richard. You know, again, please ask questions in the chat. Um, Scott and I will take periodically. We'll stop and answer questions. Um, but the other stat that was on the homepage here was six out of ten people prefer watching online video content compared to TV. So, again, you know, think about that, where your channels are, where the market is going. Um, and then let's look at the, the mobile device. This These kind of stats surprise me a little bit because I, I tend to watch more on uh, you know, either Apple TV or my smart TV or a computer. Like I don't watch a lot on mobile, but again, it's not about me. And that's, these are the stats that really reinforce that for me. 75% of videos played on are played on mobile devices. And that was just, okay. And you got to th- kind of think through that people, you know, what are people doing with their day and they're watching video content? Um, People are one and a half times more likely to use their phone to watch a video. Uh, most millennials view in portrait mode. Again, all of these stats, you don't really have to, you know, spend a lot of time initially thinking about it, but just see where the opportunity is. Um, a video consumption on mobile increases 100% every year. So again, this, it's going to increase by 100% for 2022. So let's talk about the individual channels and then we'll talk about, you know, some of, you know, looking at it from the lens of us as MSPs and MSP marketers and as MSP prospects. And I think that's that's a kind of interesting and eye opening too. these are how mobile platforms compare. And have you seen this correlation to be pretty similar with with the videos you put out, Scott? So it's interesting because we get more viewers on on YouTube, so exactly like that. Um, But we get more business leads through LinkedIn. So the the content that we put on LinkedIn, and I guess, you know, we try and make the content similar across both channels. We don't just post to both um, because that's not a good strategy. We, We try and create content that's relevant to both audiences. We tend to get more consumer interest people on on YouTube. Yep. Then we do business interest. Um, but like LinkedIn is our stomping ground for making content where we think people are going to resonate with that and then want to form a business relationship. Yep. Um, and because of you, you pulled out one of those great stats earlier about people watching things on mobile devices. There's another great one somewhere further down that says 80% of that video content is watched with the sound off. Yeah. yeah so was- we make a big conscious effort for that LinkedIn production to make sure that we go ahead and add subtitles to every video that we post. Yeah. Um, YouTube will do that for you. There is a, there's a button, it'll take care of it. Uh, yep. But on LinkedIn, we specifically go and add the subtitles so that people can just scroll, it auto plays, and then they'll sit and read what we're yep. saying, which, is, which exactly. is really cool. Yeah. And, and specifically talking about video and today's topic, live streaming, YouTube mm-hmm. is pretty easy to get streaming on YouTube. Like there's no process to go through. LinkedIn used to be a little tougher to get into. However, 
I'm going to give you a quick tip if you're on LinkedIn. One of the changes that they've made recently is enabling creator mode. And I know there's been a lot of confusion about what creator mode is. So go to your LinkedIn profile and turn on creator mode. And usually within a day or so, you will automatically get approved for LinkedIn Live. So you'll be able to start streaming on LinkedIn. Um, I know a lot. Of, I applied like three times before I was finally approved way back in 2019. Then I didn't do anything with it. It was almost a year, you know, but it's easier to stream on LinkedIn now. Um, so, again, power tip for the day. But if I were to concentrate on two platforms as an MSP, I'm with you. I, YouTube and LinkedIn. I stream to Facebook, but I've not ever, I don't receive a lot of comments. I don't receive a lot of engagement. Um, I mainly concentrate on LinkedIn and have kind of, I've gone, kind of gone in the opposite of what you've done. I've started on LinkedIn and then I'm, I'm just slowly focusing over to YouTube now this year, trying to do more uh, over there. But yes, most of my business still comes every single month from LinkedIn. So, so I figure we'll, we'll hover in on talk about those two channels specifically. So LinkedIn is the first one in the infographic here. Tw posts on LinkedIn are shared 20 times more than any other format. So, I mean, we're all looking for engagement. We want people to do something with our videos. And here's that stat. 80% of videos on LinkedIn are viewed with a sound off. And that... I'm not kind of surprised by that. That was one of the reasons we started doing it. I started seeing a lot more people. And then again, I started noticing myself when I'm viewing that and I'm in a room of people or I'm somewhere and somebody has the captions burned in. Like, I like that a lot better. Um, and it's, you know, this was another interesting stat too. And I've tested live streams. We go get a certain interaction, but then I also repurpose my live streams, which we can talk about as well. I slice up small segments of our live streams into 30 to 90 second clips. And that has been phenomenal for engagement and uh, interactions on LinkedIn from my original live streams. I'll play that snippet and then I'll have a link if they want to go watch the full episode like this here. If people want to go watch the full episode. So it's done a number of things for me there. I don't have to create, I don't have to go back to the well and find, okay, what content am I going to make? When I do an, a one hour live stream now, think about how many 30 to, 30 to 90 second clips you can make out of a one hour live stream. I mean, it's, I, I think I, I both love you and hate you for that suggestion <laughs> because that is so obvious. And I've done so many live streams now, but we're constantly just going, okay, we need some more content. We need some more things to put together. Let's, let's get the production schedule out. And I'm like, yeah, we have an entire catalog of live streams that we could chop and just get the useful bits out of and go ahead and. <laughs> yeah. And it's, you know, that light bulb came on for me a year into live streaming. I'm like, yeah. okay, cause that's what I was, I have that same challenge. So we'll talk about barriers. I think that's one of the barriers that people have. You know, what what type of content am I going to create? Or, uh, but we'll talk about that when we get to the end. But that's I'll be honest with you. I'll let you know. I'll let you in on a little secret tidbit for what I've been doing with social media as a test for the last six months. As you know, we moved, built. Uh, I've got a new studio, new house, all that good fun stuff. I've had my social media on autopilot for six months. 
If you go back and look at any of my social media posts, other than the intermittent live streams, I've not mm. done too many of those, especially this year. Um, most everything is content that I produced seven or eight months ago. Huh. And it's been on autopilot for seven or eight months. And it's, it's that same content being queued up and re repurposed out there. But it's all snippets from podcasts. It's all snippets from live streams. I've not created a single piece of unique content for six months. But wow. I post every single day and have content on there that is driving engagement back to my old live streams and my podcasts. That's so, really smart. Think about that when, you, when you're thinking of live streaming. That right there is, again, you, I would write that one down first because I wish I had gone back and done that. Um, but that's what we started doing last year, like mid-year. I was like, okay, out of each show, how many, I, I, I cap it at 10. I'm like, yeah. 10 snippets is like most I want to sit and, you know, edit. And I think I've covered that in a previous live stream as well, how I go about doing that. I'm probably going to do another one. Um but that's what we do. I have, a, I have a whole checklist of, okay, this is what we do. This is how we create all of those little snippets of content. And then I put them into my social media scheduler, which is CoSchedule. And then I set them with their requeue feature, which automatically puts them in a cycle and will only post them a couple times a month. Um, so I have, I think I counted them last year at like 279 unique pieces of content. Whoa. all from live streams over three months. And that's what blew me. And then I added the podcast in there. I do the same thing with my podcast. My podcast is literally 10 minutes, but I create three or four snippets and audiograms out of my podcast. So every week I'm producing 10 to 20 unique pieces of content from one live stream, from <sighs> one podcast. And and you, like this, this is what we always tell people when they're they're doing you know social media, they're doing um, you know LinkedIn, and whether it's video or not, it's to be consistent. It's to consistently yep. keep posting and, and communicating with your audience because that's what's going to drive attention over time. And so people look at that and go, "Oh my goodness, how am I supposed to post every day? You know, how am I going to post multiple times a week? Even you know, I'm I'm barely getting time with everything else that I'm doing. I'm yep. barely getting time to post once or twice a day, and then the content that we're we're producing once or sorry once or twice a week. It's taking us so long to produce that content that we just can't keep up with twice a week. It's just it's not possible. And yep. then you've just got an outlined a great strategy to go. Do you know what you've made one one hour video? I'm going to go and get like a piece of content from there and 10 micro pieces of content to then go ahead and keep repurposing that. Yeah. It's, it's so amazing. literally just 10 times the content straight away. Exactly. All that from, you know, one webinar and, and a lot of people get freaked mm -hmm. out because it's, it's a live stream uh, and that freaks people out. It freaked me out. But I'm like, when I started doing it, I'm like, this is no different than doing a webinar. It, it's not, this is exactly doing a webinar except anybody can watch it. Like this is literally what we're doing right now. The only thing that is different is the tool we're using. It's not zoom. We're using restream to do this hundred percent of restream. And 
the you know the the exact presentation is the same. I'm getting on camera, I'm talking, I'm showing my screen. Like that is a webinar. Live streaming is not any different. But what was interesting to me is the fear of missing out factor and the fear of or, or the uh, um what do I want to call it uh how excited the excitement people get for live. Like that kind of made this completely different than a webinar. Like people are chatting, like Richard and those of you watching live are chatting. Yes, you can do this in Zoom, but there's just something about seeing your name on screen and people participating <laughs> in the conversation. Like there's much more engagement. And that's what I want to talk about right here and that I have seen from LinkedIn and specifically the live stream itself. Brands get 24 times more comments and seven times more reactions on LinkedIn live streams compared to a published video, a pre-recorded video. Now think about that. That is the whole point of what we're trying to do with marketing is one, let people know we're here, who we are and get their attention. We're all fighting for attention. You now have something that gets 25 times more comments and seven times more reactions, whether that's an emoji or people sharing or doing something with that content. So if you're asking yourself, okay, I've been posting on LinkedIn forever and I've just been, you know, posting out other people's stuff. This is a prime way of creating unique content and you only got to do it once a week. And it doesn't even have to be once a week. If you want to get on once a month, you can create 10 pieces of content out of one effort and you're going to get 25, 25 times more comments and seven times more reactions than the normal stuff you're putting out on LinkedIn. And I think the, the thing that for, for, for people to, to get their heads around here as well is like when we think about putting a piece of video content out on LinkedIn, it's generally something that's agonized over and it's post-produced and it, and it looks as beautiful as they can make it. And there's probably some stock footage and, you know, soundtrack and, 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 and all of that. They think, well, you know, maybe I can do that in-house or maybe I have to get someone to make that video for me because we can't make videos. And so yep. it just becomes this huge hurdle. But live, I mean, all right, we've, we have some nice lighting and cameras and things of that, fine, but we didn't start this way. But live is just this opportunity to get in front of people and be real. We're not watching, you know, something that's scripted or post-produced to death or using stock footage anywhere. This and and it's, it, there's no sales. Like we don't sell yep. live streaming. Um, there's no sales message here. This is just about giving value and hopefully helping some people with their ideas. But there's so much authenticity to this. That's that's what I really like about lives. Yep. There's nowhere to hide. Like if I fluff up or I say the wrong thing or whatever it is, there's no redos. There's no, you know, you know, second cut or any of that kind of thing. We're just, we're here and we're live and people get to see you for who you are. They hear you for who you are. And th that's why I think the comments are more genuine. The reactions are more genuine and people yep. are more interested to watch this than something that they know has been kind of edited to death to make it look like a really good video. And I know I'm kind of trampling on my own YouTube channel because that's that's where we agonize over the content, right? Right. But that takes so long to produce versus like, you and I are going to sit here for an hour and, pro and, and produce some content that's really useful for people. And there's no planning that's gone into this. You know, we've exchanged some WhatsApps, yep. but we both know this subject and we're going to jump on. We've got some great stats here. 
that we can we can chat about. And there's something about just this whole format that is really attractive to people and really exciting for people, like you say. Yeah, and it's that's what was so unique with it too. Think about live television. How many gaffes have you ever seen on live television? Do people stop watching the live television if there's a Saturday Night Live is a prime example. They are live every Saturday night, and you know it's. I love it best when like they laugh during a you know a bit you know, but but that allows you to really see the reality of it. But it also people are much more accepting to live streams not having to be perfect, and yes. I think that it makes it easier to me that that lowered the barrier to entry for me. Nobody is expecting perfection. This is not going to be a Peter McKinnon video from YouTube. You know what I mean? It's just, this is going to be who I am talking about a subject. I know trying to help people. That's it. That's my agenda. Um, but yeah, that's, that's perfect for that. Ray Orsini says, uh, love doing live streams. Chat interaction makes the content so much better. E exactly. And, and, Thank you for uh, tuning in, Ray. I know he's very well-liked in the MSP industry. I don't know that I've met Ray in person, but I think we've bounced around the MSP circles for years. Um, but that's what's awesome is connecting people, too. And, Scott, I'm going to ask you a, a quick question. I know we didn't talk about this one beforehand. How many times have you said, if I can just get in front of enough people, I can sell them something with your MSP <laughs> services? Yeah, absolutely. We say that like our number one challenge for generating new leads and new sales is getting our message in front of people. That's our number one challenge. If, yep. if we, exactly as you said, if we could get in front of people and tell them what we do, we would win more business. Yep. And th that's why we do live streams. And again, to be really super clear for the audience, we don't go on the live streams to sell anything. We don't go on the live stream and say, hey, here's, here's what we do. Here's what we sell. Here's how we can help your business. We don't do any of that. Yeah. Um, it's surprising how little relevant some of the things we talk about have got to, to do with what we actually do as a business. It's more about people seeing you, hearing you, and then they kind of putting you together. And it's it's almost ephemeral, I guess, over time, because of that consistency, they just kind of go, oh yeah, that's that guy that's always banging on about Microsoft stuff. And yeah. then when they have a Microsoft thing, and I had a phone call today that was just, we needed a Microsoft guy and you were the guy that we thought of. Yeah. Cool. That's how this works because we're just consistently out there. We're not selling, but we are getting in front of people and we're showing them who we are. And especially on the lives, it really is like as, as true as it can be. And whenever I do like the interviews or podcasts or any of that kind of stuff, I'm always like super candid about like how the business is doing, where we're going, what we're good at, what we're not good at. Um, and I think people can be really, you know, worried about, you know, showing weakness, showing that they're not the best at some things, you know, showing that vulnerability. Um, but I would say genuinely, it, it, we know when we're being sold to and we know yep. when people are just telling us a story and putting a lot of, you know, spin on things and making it sound perfect. And, and, and you know, our spider sense is tingling. We're like, ah, yeah. there's something about this I don't like. Um, but when you just see people being really authentic and vulnerable and open, you're like, yeah, I get it. If I have a project that looks like this, these are the guys. If I have a project that looks like those, that's probably not them. But maybe they know someone because look how well connected they are. And that's how this is. That's genuinely how this is working for us. Yeah. And that, that, that's what I loved, you know, in the early days, I've been on LinkedIn since 2006 
like I was an early adopter with a lot of those technologies just to figure out how to use it. Um, but that's what came about is exactly what you've alluded to prior a uh, little bit ago was when I actually did get in front of people, the conversation was so much different because they're like, they feel like I already know you and I already know I want to do business with you. All we got, that's why you're here. And there was no sales involved. I was like, okay, ding, 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 ding. And I was like, that, that is the ticket because there, I didn't have to go in there and tell them how great I was. I didn't have to tell them what we did. They knew what we did. They knew how great I was. They knew they were comfortable and know, like, and trusted me before I ever walked in the door. And that's, we did a lot of in-person live in-person events. So that's what I started doing those. Now you've got the barrier entry to be able to do it behind a camera. And it's so much more accepted now than ever before. And these stats prove it. The, you know, doing a live stream is so much easier than an in-person event. But that whole point is I'm going to make my own buzz. I'm not going to sit back, put up a website and wait for people to find me. I need to be out there so that I can be found. And, you know, I did what everybody else did. I worried about SEO and web page and doing all this and then sit behind the desk and wait for the phone to ring. It's not ever going to happen. But when I started doing the live events and started educating people and I was like, this is so much easier. I love this sitting behind a screen. I'm like, I could do this all day long. And that's what I, I was like. I wish I would have had that. You know, we had webinars. We had all that when I ran my MSP 10 years ago, but we didn't have live streaming. Like you know, this, the tools to use now are so much easier than they were two years ago when I started doing this. Um, but the effect is the same. Um, so I think, you know, if you're stumbling and things are holding you back from live streaming, like, and marketing like this to me is the easiest form of marketing. I'll be honest with you. Um, I said it myself a million times as an MSP. If I could just get in front of enough people, I know that I could close business. And if I had a, a dollar for every time I've heard that from an MSP that I've coached in the 10 years since I sold my MSP, I would have my own Island. Literally I would have my own Island. Um, but this is how you do that. You get in front of people, make your own buzz, make your own marketing. And it's never been easier and it's really never been cheaper, honestly. And when we think about what you've dropped on, on an average for marketing last year, how does that compare and how does that compare to how much you spent on your video gear in your office? Oh, I, for us, I mean, even like I, I was telling a story at an event, um, last Monday. And I, I mentioned that we tried an outsource marketing uh, campaign for Facebook. And I was a bit skeptical about Facebook, but this uh, agency had convinced us over and over again that they had you know, multiple MSPs who look like us, sound like us, feel like us. And they'd been really successful at lead generation. Um, and we spent 20,000 pounds on just an outsourced marketing campaign for Facebook, which completely stank. The content didn't sound like us. It didn't look like us. It didn't feel like us. It was so horrible. It was. It, it felt grubby. It was like, oh, here are 11 apps on your Android phone that you need to uninstall right now because they're spying on you. And I was like, we don't even do Android phones or apps. We don't care about any of those things. And the, the t it was almost BuzzFeedy, you know, 11 yeah. apps you need to remove now. You won't believe number seven. And I was like, oh, really? And it was like, we spent 20,000 pounds on that. Now, 
as I, as I fast forward a year after that, we, we're quite lucky here in the UK in that we have an apprentice program that's backed by the government. So it means we can bring in apprentices and they get all kinds of training and education. So we brought in a digital marketing apprentice. Okay. So we had a whole full-time person for over a year, a year and a half almost. And we bought all of this equipment. So cameras, lighting, sound gear, mixing, software, Apple Macs, everything, all of that together cost less than 20,000 pounds. But yep. the content that we've been able to produce, I mean, one, the volume is, is significantly bigger. The production quality is better, but it's us. That's the most important thing is that it's us. You see us, you feel us. Every piece of content resonates with who, who we are. That's the whole thing. And I just look at that and go, 20,000 pounds for that campaign that ran for about three months and got us no leads at all, and 20,000 pounds less that, that we invested in our own person and our own equipment. And yes, I admit it takes time. It takes time out of my day to you know think about the content and plan it and put it together. But I'm not the one doing the hard work. I sit in front of the camera for maybe an hour sometimes. And then Kaylee does all the work, the post-production, the subtitling, the editing, the putting it on YouTube, all of that stuff happens with our, uh, well, she's not even an apprentice anymore. She's been here that long. She's graduated to being a full member of staff, but it's night and day, the quality and the quantity of the content that we now have. And plus, because we have all this cool stuff, as Ray has just said in the, in the chat earlier, yep. we can now just jump on and do a live event. And if we're doing like a, a recorded piece of content, I mean, he's saying generously, it takes him four <laughs> to five times longer to yep. record the same than if he just does a live event, right? It's, it's a lot longer back here. It feels like a lot more than four to five times. But when we do live, we just jump on and do a live. And I tell you what, Kaylee's in there right now relaxing because yep. she won't have to, to, to do any of this stuff. It's just me and a camera. And it's so nice this way. And, and this way, again, I think it's just, it's great for people who are thinking about getting into video and, and finding their audience. This is a perfect way to do it because the hurdles are kind of out of the way. Get a camera, get on live and start talking to people genuinely. Yeah. And like, that's a question we see in the tech tribe a lot. That's a question I get asked in my coaching. If I was going to, you know, spend on Google ads or SEO or like, mm -hmm. if I'm going to spend a thousand dollars, what's the best place to spend a thousand dollars? Oh, buy yourself a camera, some good lights and yeah. a microphone. You can do that yeah. for less than a thousand bucks and that yeah. will bring you more marketing leverage than anything else you'll do. Yeah. And again, that's my, my home opinion, but you just proved it on video. You know, no, if you're going to take 20,000 to $20,000 of the same spend, what's going to bring you the most ROI? Yeah. I mean, I, I can point at one video. I regularly point to this one video because I laugh because it's probably one of the most boring videos we ever did. It was 30 minutes deep dive of how much does it cost to use Microsoft Teams as your phone system? Yep. But then I can also point to that boring video and say, hey, that brought in one 50,000 pound consulting opportunity that, yep. that we won and we closed and we, we worked with that client. But just yesterday, Someone booked in a call on our new website. They booked in a call with us. It was like, great, out of the blue. They just booked a call with us. And they said, I watched your video on Teams pricing twice. I'm like, wow, that's an hour of your life. You are <laughs> yeah. not getting back. Yeah. But they watched it twice. And they basically just said, you clearly understand this stuff much better than we do. I'm being told all kinds of different stories. And I just want to speak to someone who understands this. 
And that that happened like yesterday from that. And that video is now, ah, it's it's over a year old. It may even be 18 months old now. I haven't looked. But it's a piece of content we made a long time ago where it was just me stood in front of a camera. Again, no fancy equipment with a really boring piece of content. But I tell you what, this is the funny thing. Like people wonder about what is it we should say? What's the content? There's Theo's question. Yep. What is the content we should use? There's an audience for everything that you might want to talk about. Yep. If you get it out there, the audience will find it. We don't have to agonize about SEO, but we do have to think it's a long-term view, Theo, yep. because that video, way over a year old. I'll, I'll check later, but it's way over a year old. But yesterday, someone phoned up and said, hey, you know this stuff. Can you please help? And now we're, we're quoting that person. And so it, you know, that, that is fantastic. That's, that's the, the best thing I think about this video stuff is that it, it's kind of evergreen. If, you know, if, the, yep. if the topic's right, then you have this evergreen. Um, but my real answer, I guess, for Theo is I would pick content that is valuable to your audience. You might have to define what your audience is and, and think about who you're talking to. But I always try and make video that is valuable to them. It's not about me selling Yep. what we do and our services and, you know, hey, you know, you have this problem with security in your organization. Guess what? We can help. I don't, uh, we don't make that content. Yep. We might talk about, you know, 10 great ways to improve security in your business. And, you know, here's some, some advice, genuine advice, none of which that is guided towards if you buy it from us, you know, it's, it's all just here are the right products or services. Here's the right things you should do. Here are the right, you know, procedures you should have in place. Value, value, value. And that is then making us you know, look like we're happy to share. We give freely of our knowledge and our expertise. And if they go, that's great, but I just need it doing now. And we don't have time or we don't have the expertise, but I see that you guys do. That's where it then becomes a, you know, a potential sale opportunity. But we don't, we don't set out any of that content without thinking, what's the value that we're giving to the person who's going to watch this? Yeah, and I think back to it, I mean, as an MSP, the, like, the content repository that you have as an MSP is endless, <laughs> honestly. There's so yeah. many things that we could talk about. And again, it's just striking that right balance, trying to reach the exact audience you're trying to. But like you said, that's the thing with YouTube uh, is you could have a video come out of nowhere that shows up in somebody's feed when they do a search a year from now. Yeah. That's, the, that's the benefits of being, the live streams, the same thing. Like I, I've had somebody last month that said, I watched this video of you. You know, you did color, covered time batching and calendar blocking. I did that last year, last July. And somebody <laughs> called me because they saw that and said, okay, can you, let's jump on a call. Can you teach me how to do that? So it's like, I got business from that, from a, something that I covered a year ago. And you know, that's the, that's the beautiful thing about it. Um, Ray makes a point too, is, you know, he, he uses topics that come up in the communities he's part of. Um, he obviously sells to MSP. So the MSP groups that he's part of, but the key point that he makes, if you're targeting users of a certain professional group, like for us was attorneys and property management companies, that's where we looked. What professional associations are they part of? What groups, where do they hang out? And, if I watch those groups, it's never been easier to find out what is it that is on their mind. If I go into an attorney group that I'm a part of and people are you know, saying, okay, I've got a problem with X and people comment, 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 or when people share that, 
I now know that's a, that's a piece of video content that I could create, especially if I know how to solve that problem. Yeah. <laughs> I can get on there and just talk for 30 minutes. It doesn't have to be an hour. Like you could literally yeah. sit on a live stream for 15 minutes answering that question for people and then post that in the, in that group. Again, no sales of any kind. You're just saying, here's how I would solve this problem from a technology perspective or a business perspective. And I think that right there is that these don't have to be tech conversations. People. And and I think, sorry, go. I I think that's the important thing. A CEO or an executive that's on, especially LinkedIn, they want to see somebody who's a business person. So if I'm coming to the table with, I'm solving a business problem that I know you have, they don't know how I know that. If, if it's a group of paralegals association that I'm part of, and I find out all these paralegals in, in, you know, whatever town that I'm in are having this problem. Now I have the solution over here and here's how we educate people to fix that. I'm now, you know, that makes me that much more valuable to who my target audience is. Um, but yes, the trade associations, networking groups, you got to be there. Um, and it's, it's never been easier. It really hasn't. No. And I think one of the barriers I was going to mention is, again, you, you would, like if, if older school MSPs, people with the wrong mindset, I'm going to say, will look at that opportunity and go, well, I'm not going to post the answer to that business challenge on a video for free in this forum, because they could just go to their existing provider and say, Hey, you know, I've seen this and and this is what we need. So can you sort that out for me? And that's not going to generate any leads for me. And I'm like, yes, that may happen. But what also may happen is that you may create an audience in that pocket of people. And if you're consistently in those forums saying, Hey, I think we have a suggestion for that. Hey, you know, here's an answer that could work for your business on this. If you're consistently there and seen, the people who are there, whether they've got a, a current provider or not, are slowly going to see you as the expert in that area. And then they're going to start asking you specific questions. And then they're going to want to get in touch with you because every time that someone posts a challenge, you've got a great answer potentially. And you're, you're posting it in there with no expectation of that turning into business for you. Yep. And I think that's the key thing. that The hardest thing to prove, I think, sometimes with video is ROI. Yep. Like how much do we put in? How much time and effort do we put in? And how much do we get out? And it can be really challenging to say, well, you know, let, let me tie this, this video campaign like we used to do with, well, you still do with, with print yep. materials and, yep. you know, with discount codes. And I can track all of those. Nigel Morris is, is oh, he, he tracks everything to a yep. fantastic degree. Um, you can't really do that with video. It's, it's so hard because you put out this content and maybe a year later, somebody phones up and says, hey, I watched a video. It's so difficult, but you have to kind of take that out of your mindset. It's, it's going to be really difficult to put an ROI value on it. But what I would genuinely and always say is, please don't be stingy with your content. Don't hold back, share, give freely, because that is going to make people trust you, like you, feel like they're coming to know you. And that's where business relationships are formed. Exactly. And this doesn't have to be an expensive venture. Ray even said you can yeah. even use a cell phone. I mean, the camera on your cell phone is like incredible. Oh, yeah. It's, it's better than any webcam you're going to buy out there, honestly. Yeah. Like yeah. there's no way you're going to get this look right here with the C920 webcam. I tried no. for eight months. <laughs> I tried lights. I tried settings. I tried all kinds of stuff. But then 
it's funny because the first interview that I did with Pete, I actually literally had my cell phone clipped to the top of my monitor when we did that interview. Ah. And I had it wired into OBS as a video camera source. Yeah. So, and, the, and again, that was two years ago. There are so many more apps that allow you to turn your phone into a webcam that it is crazy. And it's 10 times better than any of the webcams you're actually going to buy on the market. So barriers to entry, that's one of them. You don't have it. Go buy some yeah. lights. Uh, I think the light sets that I have were like less than 200 bucks. And, and you know, if you can't do that yet, you know, for budget reasons, yeah. one of the other great uh, tips that I've seen, and I think this was a HubSpot article years ago that kind of introduced me to this, is stand in front of a window. So have the window you know, shining on you. So the camera is, is there. So I've got a big window right over there. And I would just face this way with the camera. So the natural light is shining on me really nicely. I'm well lit and the camera is going to love that. So again, yep. you don't even need lighting to start like $20 tripod, um, yeah. your smartphone and away you go. That's why I don't know if it was, it was huge in the U S like it was here, but we would so often see people just creating content in their car so yep. they would just sit in their car with their smartphone and they would just talk at the camera for like 10 or 20 seconds and then post it to LinkedIn. Yep. Because again, the lighting's great. It's beaming in through a front window. You're surrounded by windows. You have your smartphone with a great camera. The audio is good because you're in a closed space and you're really close to the camera. So yep. everything just works. It just works as a great piece of content. Yeah. And it, so Theo said, so it's safe to say that video content has legs. <laughs> yes. I just checked the, uh, should I replace my phone system with Microsoft Teams? Uh, one year ago, we posted it. It's had 8,000 views. Yep. Um, now, I don't mind that it's had 8,000 views. I, I'm looking at the one next to it that's had 75,000 views on HackUp, a Windows 10 hard drive. Yep. 8,000 views. But I can point at the amount of, of cash that that has generated in terms of real business you know for us yeah and it's nuts so theo thanks you for showing up uh those of you who happen to be watching this after the fact thanks you for uh popping in and ray said yep same thing big window in front of you or to the side of you never behind unless you want to be protection yeah. yeah that does the reverse of what you think it would do um if you want to be in witness protection program put the light behind you so but yeah i mean there's there's so many things. I'm going to pop this back up, the, the screen share, and we'll just talk about, again, the consumer side of things, our prospect side of things. We've talked about the benefits. Uh, th this is actually, again, studies that are being done. 64% 64, 64 of consumers purchase a product after watching social videos created by brands. 45% of consumers want to see more live videos from brands on their social media. So half of the people that are out there looking for your services probably want you to create more live content because like you said, there's a number of benefits, the authenticity of it, the ease of getting it done. 80% of video marketers say video has directly helped increase sales. Yeah. Video marketers get 66% more qualified leads per, per year. What's the number one problem MSPs have? getting more leads. Okay. So I'm telling that helps you solve that problem, creating the buzz, getting the content out there, being visible and video helps you close more sales. 66% well, more qualified year, leads per year. 
I, I should point out that we don't have a sales team. Yeah. Um, we don't have any sales motion other than video. It's our only sales motion. Yep. And so we, and, and I, I would like to say that we're running a successful MSP that is growing year on year, um, but we don't have any other sales motions. There's no other way people find us other than referrals and if they saw our video content. So when we say, does video work and does live streaming work? I, I would like to say our business is proof of that. That's the only way we get leads. Yeah. And right here, again, proof in, in data. Nigel it, it loves data, loves metrics, yes. just yes. like me. Yes. Yep. Businesses and organizations that create more than 51 videos in a year grew from 13% in 2019 to 46% in 2020 in a pandemic. That's only going to increase as the yeah. acceptance is there for video. So I know we're, we're uh, over the hour already, and I know you and I could probably talk for hours and hours and hours about this this subject. So let's talk about, again, some of the barriers to entry. This one is particularly for just overall marketers, but I think we can tie this into MSPs as well. 13% uh, of marketers who don't currently use video say it's because of a lack of time. Mm. Okay, so we talked about that recorded Content, polished content takes longer. Ray's attested to that. You've attested to that. I can attest to that. And live streaming takes maybe a couple hours of prep time. But as you and I said, right, we didn't do very much prep. I found this article and said, okay, great. This is what we're going to talk about today. And we could probably talk for another two hours about stuff that's in that <laughs> one infographic. Absolutely. Um, but so it works. So if you're worried about having the time to do it, if you can do a webinar once a week or every couple of weeks, you can do live streaming. Start with a goal, maybe one per month. Do do one live stream per month. It's just it's a webinar. That's it. It's it's not any different than doing a webinar. You're going to create a PowerPoint slide deck just like we're doing. You know, this is just a PNG file. You could sit and put this up on your screen and talk about this infographic. And how many infographics do you probably get, get your hands on right now, Scott, as an MSP? Oh, there's so many. And, and even, you know, every data sheet for every product or every service vendor that we use, they all have infographics. There's so much content there. You know, if we look at, I just saw a great one about, you know, why people don't back up Office 365. I'm like, cool, people need to know more about this. There's some nice yep. infographics. Let's let's just have a talk about it. That's it. And you can and. I run a, a, a show by myself. I have guests on every now and again, um, but this is what I do. I pick a topic and just create a few slides on it and just sit and talk. That's it. Yeah. I want to add value to people's life. I've got viewers. I get business. It works. So time-wise, for me, it's worth that hour investment of one, sitting and doing this, and maybe an hour worth of prep per week. So two hours a week. I now have a one-hour video that goes on LinkedIn, YouTube, and Facebook. And afterwards, it probably is going to take me uh, an hour and a half to two hours between myself and an admin to slice this content up into 10 reusable segments of 30 to 90 seconds. That's it. So for th three to four hours, maybe, yeah, I now have 11 pieces of content, unique content that is mine that I can now put into my evergreen content pool and just keep reposting that. 
that can that those posts will go out for months. And, and so, you can look at that and go, you're now doing, you know, one one piece of content every two or three days. I mean, you know, yeah. are, are the audience doing that today? Because if not, we've just found a great way to do every two or three days. You now have a fresh piece of content that's coming out. It's awesome. I mean, it it, it doesn't get any better. So time. I know we're all stretched for time, but it does not have to take hours and hours and hours. So I think we can take time off the off of, you know, out of the equation. I think we all can find three hours a week to make you to do one of these or three hours a month, three hours a month, even. Yeah. Just start. Yeah, we can find. So second one is cost. 20 percent of marketers who don't currently use video say is because it's too expensive. Ray already gave us a great tip. We yeah. are all walking around with very high definition 4K cameras in our pockets. Go on Amazon, grab yourself a tripod, sit in front of a window, do a live stream. Super easy. You can live stream from your mobile device, by the way, too. So yeah, you can you can live stream directly to LinkedIn from your mobile device. It's it's super easy. So that cost, I you know I think that's a minimal thing. If you're going to elevate your game over time, once you get comfortable making a process, and this is what I will tell everybody, make a process as you're doing this so that you're not recreating the wheel every time you go. And that's what we did is I created, okay, this, you know, turn this off, turn this off, you know, all of those checklist things. I, you know, created that so that every time I turned on the camera, I was, it was much easier. Like right yeah. now, I literally don't have to set anything up except for unplug one light, unplug two lights because they're battery operated and, and turn them on. That's literally everything else is done with Alexa. Yeah. And she just came on. Like, <laughs> literally, I say start recording. My video lights come on and it actually moves stuff around on my screen, by the way, too. So you can get super nerd out with doing <laughs> this, but it doesn't have to be hard. So cost. I think that can come off the table. You can buy lights, tripod. You can get stuff super cheap to get started on Amazon. Yeah. Effort is the other one. 17% of marketers who don't, don't currently use video say it's because they don't know where to start. I think that's, that, that is a challenge. Um, and I think that's why we did this live stream here. Again, if you want further help doing live stream, reach out to Scott, reach out to myself. I'm more than happy to help. This may be something, a topic that we put in, in the tribe, I think, um, because your video testimonial by itself uh, of what an average $20,000 spend versus investing heavily in process systems and gear for doing this has already paid for itself. Yeah. So. Yeah, totally. We, we, again, we always, we use that case study all the time. We talk about that one video that we made you know, with all the gear that we have and that one person that we hired, a full-time person, and, and look what it's brought in. You know, and I say like another opportunity came in yesterday because of that same video. But I think that third point down is really important because people not knowing where to start, the answer is just start yep. because you will learn so much by doing. Um, Pete and I have been on a YouTube video training course, uh, the yeah. Ali Abdal YouTube training course. I don't know if you've seen it, Andrew. I have. Um, That's on my to-do list. I want to know that. It's so yep. good. But we see so many people. There are, there are hundreds of people who sign up for this course, right? And they say every single week, do not attend this course for the six or eight weeks and then make your first video. Don't yep. do that. 
Yep. And they have to have a special intervention four weeks in because they keep saying to people, you haven't made a video yet. You haven't produced one video. So we can't give you the feedback. You're not learning the lessons. You can't watch all this, do the course, and then come out the back and be the best YouTube video maker ever. It is not possible. You have to start. You have to make the first one. You have to make all the screw-ups. You have yep. to learn all the lessons. Oh, this plugs into there. This turned off after 20 minutes. You need to learn all these things yep. because then number two is going to be better. Number three, even better. And, and incrementally over time, you just get better at this stuff. And I would genuinely say we're two years into this journey. We're not there. But we're, yep. we're getting incrementally better every time. And that's that's the beauty of it. And that, that's, you know, you get the great feedback and you're like, cool, we did something amazing this week on the live stream. People learn things. Like some of the comments come in, thanks so much. Oh, I love this. Learned so much value. Great. That's why we do these. But yep. you have to start. No one's going to be watching. Your equipment might be garbage. You don't know what to say, but you'll get better every week. And then if you consistently do it one a month, even if you only do 12, and you chop it up into 10 bits of extra content, you have 120 pieces of content out already, leads will start to flow in because people are seeing you, knowing you, liking you, trusting you. But also, you've made 12 videos. And yep. now you, you know how to make 12 more videos, even better than you made the first 12. Yeah. Yeah. You learn by doing. That's, that's exactly yeah. what I did. I learned by doing, learned the tools. And that's the thing that I think that makes uni MSPs unique. We all know how to figure out how to use tools. We love tools. We love gadgets, you know, and I think that's what makes it that much easier for MSPs. We love the tech anyway, and a lot of people get hung up on that tech before they get started. So don't get hung up on the tech. Put your fear aside. You know, that has to be it. Put your fear aside. I think that's a number. The other one that MSPs have is fear. So, all right, man. Yeah. We went, well, like I said, we could talk for hours. I know you got <laughs> things to do and uh, get about your evening. And it's evening time for you. Oh, after it's five o'clock for you, isn't it? Five o'clock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the East Coast. So, those of you who hang out, hung out live with us today, thank you so much. If you're watching this on a replay, put your comments in there. We'll make sure that we reply to those. If you have questions or if you want help, reach out to Scott or myself. Yeah. If you'd like to see us do more training on this, Please put that in the comments, too, because if this is something that is valuable to the industry, I'm more than happy to throw my hat in uh, and help help people. That's what I'm all about. So, all right. We will see you folks all next week. Thanks again, Scott, uh, for hanging out with me today. Figured oh, man, it's been awesome. Just, just the two of us. I don't know if we need the other guys. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. We'll see you hopefully next week. And then we'll pick out a topic for next week as well. Uh, I'm not sure what that's going to be. If you guys have ideas for a topic you want us to cover, put yeah, those in the, put comments, them in the comments as well. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. Via Candios.